Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pressing play. It's your co-host Rich Camalucci here, uh, bringing you part two of three of the Top Ten of the Decades podcast that uh, me and my other co-host Chris Mullet have been bringing you, uh, started bringing you last week. And I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the Top Ten unscripted series doc, whatever have you, kind of catch-all categories. This is where we get more specific, more granular. Here we're going to bring you the top 10 TV series fiction of the decade. And again, the rules are uh, the show must have started in 2010 or later. And yeah, that's it. That's This is part two. Part three is going to be movies. And we'll be bringing that to you next week. Um, without any further delay, take it away, Mullet. Scripted television. Dramas, comedies. What have you? Uh, I will start my number ten, and I again under the wire. It was it started in 2010, and it is still going on, believe it or not. And you kind of forget about this now because neither one of us watch it anymore. But I feel it still deserves to be recognized. My my number ten is The Walking Dead. I realized that very after I wrote down like 19 fucking shows, I was like, wait Same. a second. When mm-hmm. did that start? And look it up. And yeah, I I wrote it down. It's an honorable mention for me. It didn't. I was also just a, a to be forewarned. I was fighting uh, recency bias the entire time on my list. Um, I don't Very think fair. I did a good job of that, uh, which is why I don't <laughs> have I, I, dead I, on there. But yeah, I'm glad you put it on the list because <laughs> it it changed a lot. It's it's like the last show that's been able to pull a number. Yeah, and it, it probably honestly will be the last show to pull a number. I mean, yeah. Game of Thrones has done it since. Um, but yeah, it changed TV undoubtedly. That show is getting like 15, 20 million in an era where nobody was doing that and won't do it. And also, man, when, when we're watching it, it had some really fucking amazing moments. Yeah. Amazing, amazing storytelling. Still one of the best pilots of all time. Still had, you know, still has this incredible conversation. Apparently last season, people were saying it was one of his best seasons ever. Really? Eventually I'll go back. Uh, yeah, everyone really liked this past season. Eventually I'll go back. Um, it sucks that the part that I was most excited about being a comic book fan was the part when everyone started to go out on and the part that we dropped out because we had a baby we didn't want in the room watching fucking Walking Dead. But Negan is like one of my all-time favorite characters, and I've seen like three episodes of him. I know he's very polarizing in terms of how he's been to uh, the fans of the television show and how he's translated, but I I feel like I owe it to go back and see what what it was all about. So that's my number 10. What is yours? My number 10 is Mindhunter. Mindhunter is on my honorable mentions. If I've watched season two, probably would have made oh. my list. It's, it's, not, it's at the top of my list to, to tackle as soon as I get the chance to. Season two is why it's on my list. Season two was... Ah. It, it, it fucking course corrected the little bit it needed to from season one. And it's... Good. It's such a meticulous, perfect thought out show i yeah i can't wait for you to watch it um how does does it not get the recognition it deserves i don't know netflix basically buried its release i and i don't fucking get it but it's i don't either there isn't like there are there are frames that don't get seen that get more attention than than most shows spend on their biggest parts it's ridiculous yeah that's that's having Fincher at the head, man. That's oh, that's yeah. what he brings and does. Yeah. And we'll and we're gonna get into him again soon. Um, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine, as uh, meticulous as Mindhunter is, um, is as uh, emotional and real and raw and just not afraid to go there as BoJack Horseman is. Um, while also, it's not only does it 
just completely fucking like submarine your emotions by just like thinking it's some dumb talking animal show. Um, yeah. And just like really, really delving deep into these like crazy fucking themes, but also it's still incredibly fucking well, the jokes are well written and it's like, you know, one of my favorite things is just like having jokes all over the screen too. another show that I'm going to talk about later does the same thing, but, uh, yeah, it's it just it it doesn't it doesn't there's no fucking fat on that show. It doesn't waste a thing. And while also just I'm, yeah, like hitting everything it can. Yeah, it's definitely a a show that is a blind spot of mine that I need to eventually tackle. And that's that goes for anything animated. I don't have anything animated on my list. Um, but I think that's the one that I think I would like the most in terms of people whose opinions I trust, like yours, what, what I hear and what they yeah. tell me. And yeah, that was um, like, I was, I was trying to figure out if there could, cause for a decade, cause that, that's the only anime show I have on my list as yeah. well. And I was trying to think for a decade, that's like, feels like it, it was very strong for like adult animation in particular. Like, yeah, that was really the only mm-hmm. one, the only one that could have gotten close, but it's not even on my honorable mentions is Rick and Morty. But even then, like, no. That's yeah. the one. I think I think Bob's Burgers would be there for a lot of people as well. Um, yeah, the little bit that I know about it. It's just um, there's so much just of it that's disposable. You know? Yeah, I think that's ultimately the medium is more disposable, and it's also just in a fucking golden era of everything else. You know, like it's just, it's just the way that it is. You could say the same thing about movies. Yep. Where like you know, last decade I feel like was the animation decade. This decade, I do have an animated movie in my top ten. But, you know, it's it's not like it was before. I have two, um, but we'll get there. Ooh, I'm interested to see what your second one is. Uh, oh, I think I bet I know what it is. Um, my nine is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, on this, I feel like it's the comedy Mindhunter in that <laughs> I, I see, I in terms of recognition, is that I see these other shows that, admittedly, for comedies, I don't watch most of. But with what I perceive and what I hear about, I just don't see, especially knowing that, like, the past 10 or 15 years and seeing the praise for Parks and Rec, seeing the praise for The Office, and just not getting why the same thing doesn't happen for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Incredible characters, a little bit more... uh, you know, sentimental and emotional than you would think at times, but it still nails those parts really well. Um, laugh out loud, funny, incredible, incredible cast. It's just, it, it's, I hope it has a second life when it inevitably is off the air at any moment. Yeah. Um, well, it's even then, it's still I, like what, six, seven seasons? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it done well in spite of it. Yeah. It has. Um, it, it really has. But I'm, God. No, I'm sorry. I, I just wish it was doing. I wish I could go into any fucking store and see yeah. Funkos and shirts and everything like you do with the office and parks and rec and all yeah. these other shows that, that I, you know, I, I didn't experience and I'm sure great, but that's, you know, I feel like this is my show in that realm. So I'm, I'm very glad that you put it on your list. It's in my honorable mentions. Um, and yeah, um, from what I understand, like it definitely has its audience, and and they're mm-hmm. very much on Twitter. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of people just can't that do give it a shot. Sandberg, can't Sandberg, and the fact that uh, Jake and Amy don't really have great chemistry. I think they do. I, I mean, again, I don't know the chemistry that everyone talks up with, like. The Office and and uh, Pam and whoever I don't even know the fucker's name. Yeah, <laughs> that's The Office. But I, I think it's fine. I think more so it's Sandberg. Like, look at all the things that everyone's like the cult following of Pop Star and yeah. Hot Rod. Yeah, and all these things like just just there's a section of people that just don't fucking get it, you know. And I think yep. that ultimately hurts in a sitcom environment. Um, you mentioned Parks and Rec, which is one of my top five shows of all time. Um, mm-hmm. I was, it's not on my list because it started in 2009. 
I was gonna mm-hmm. I, for a hot second. I was thinking about like taking this entire episode to court because arguably it didn't really become the show it became until 2010, until like season two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like really gonna lobby for that, but no, I'm I already got my survivor in. I'm <laughs> you made the rules. I know. I know. <laughs> you made the I rules. Know. You're gonna break them at every step. <laughs> uh, what number was that? It's, eight. That nine? was. Uh, that was nine, so it's my turn to do my eight. My number eight oh. is Glow. Um, despite the problems I had with the third season, and I felt it was a step back for the show, is how highly I think of seasons one and two, and what it and what it's done. Again, biased being a wrestling fan, but it is. I think my favorite, eh, well, I have two other comedies coming up, but again, quote unquote comedies, you know what I mean? It is a through and through comedy that has, I think, done the best with dipping into elements and themes that you wouldn't expect a show to go into. Um, Phenomenal cast and just an interest, um, a subject matter I can't get enough of. So glow is my eight. Uh, again, another honorable mention for me, not on my list. Um, I, I liked season three, but I think that's just cause I'm forgetting how good season two was. Um, season two, so great. Yeah. Like great as I two. piece like episodes together from season two, I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck. That was, I'm an idiot. Um, my number eight, it's a very recent entrant into the, the playing field. And but it it bully balled its way onto this list due to the sheer fact that like, well, there's one episode that immediately after it ended, I turned to my girlfriend, Charlie, and said that we just watched a masterpiece of television Um, Mm -hmm. and that would be Watchmen. It's Um, number two on my list. Yeah, I I had a number eight just because it's so again, like. Sample size, I love you putting it at number two. I fucking love that. Fucking flex on them. Uh, it's... And, like, if I had to ask, like, ask you to guess which episode I said that after, like, four to six answers would be right. But, yeah, the yeah. fact that you have that many guesses is like, Jesus. Yeah. It's... So, it's number two on my list. I... I had it at number one when I first made the list. It's, I, th- I think personally for me, it's going to go down as after Mad Men and Breaking Bad for me as like my favorite show ever. Um, just because from the moment it started and being a, a big fan of the graphic novel and knowing how I felt after the movie <laughs> and, mm-hmm. And seeing, and kind of also being very cautious when this started, because I never watched Lost, I never watched The Leftovers, but I did see Prometheus. <laughs> and I do know how much emotion Lindelof invokes with fan bases of things. I had my guard up. And then as soon as the first, the pilot hit, which is one of those three episodes I would invoke, I was like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And it perfectly captures the spirit and the attitude and the meaning behind Watchmen and brings it into the very much needed argument of today's society and what it stood for and what it accomplishes. It's one of the best performances on TV I've ever seen with, uh, with Regina King. Um, Jeremy Irons is, Fucking on fire. Um, this is this is one of the things the impetus is for us to record tonight was just being able to fucking gush over Watchmen. Um, fucking uh, everybody, just every fucking Tim Blake Nelson becoming a fucking superstar. Gene Smart dropping a fucking big old blue dick on you, um, literally and figuratively. Um, James woke dumbass back on TV again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just uh, uh, fucking and Louis uh, Gossett uh, Jr. Yeah, fucking Don Johnson. 
Don Johnson hanging from a tree after episode one. Shocking as fuck. It, it, Hong Chow, like, the fact that I'm just getting to her. She might have been the best overall performance of the whole fucking show. And I just said Regina King was like the best performance on it. I fucking loved it. I, I said it earlier and I was going to get to it again. If it was Monday before I got, went to bed, I was not going to go to sleep until I had watched Watchmen. Because I, I had to experience it. I had to, immediately after it was over, go on Reddit and read the theories and read what people were talking about it. And also, it was a really, really earnest and cool fandom experience as well as opposed to a lot of other circles of things mm-hmm. debating and arguing about it it was honest water cooler talk that was fun and good and meaningful and it wasn't like oh well, i didn't like this or this sucked no it was just like fucking buckle in enjoy the ride and get ready to say what the fuck 10 episodes in the best way possible i i would love to see alan moore actually give this a shot because i think this is the closest thing that he could take and appreciate that's been based off of his stuff i don't think he'd like a lot of what happened in the finale which i think the finale was was great but i think it maybe was the weakest episode of the nine um but i still think it stuck the landing even if she did not and that's not i'm just gonna say that as a spoiler rich and i have our theories on that (laughs) uh yeah i could talk about watching for another fucking hour um, but yeah. Yeah. Do you want a second season? I, so I was just thinking about that. It's like, you know what? I, if anything, you justify it being number two on your list, not just because of everything you just said, but for the fact that like, no, that should be it. That should be it's, it's entry into, you know, the, the hall of pop culture. Like, I need it. Like as much it, as it I will, would love it to will, have it. It might not be Lindelof because he's like I just don't have a fucking idea worth doing. So and that's <laughs> I shot my wad. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm I, not trying to I fucking lost this shit again. Uh, I'm happy. I'm so happy for fucking Lindelof like crushing this. Apparently, Me too. if we had watched the leftovers, that might have been on our lists. Um, but yeah, I've heard that. Not like he's not getting the fucking love for that as he is for this and yeah just there was not a single weak spot of this show and and i was gonna say like you know everything like meant something and this and that and like unless i'm just completely forgetting something from the graphic novel uh the only thing that they didn't really talk about was the literal elephant in the room uh yeah yeah well and they which is they were smart like contextually fucking perfect oh it's perfect yeah i mean there had to be a couple like that and lube man and again we could go for 45 minutes on lube man if you wanted to and i won't oh i'm but, just assuming lube man was Petey. It, it was it was basically confirmed so okay. they also did something really cool they did the pdpedia so yeah. yeah which is something that watchman did in doomsday clock uh which that was another thing for me was, so again, being a big Watchmen fan, Doomsday Clock, maybe not a controversial opinion, was a big swing and a miss for me. Um, do you, are you familiar with what Doomsday Clock is? Is it like their sequel series or something? Kind of. So so not to get super nerdy and DC Comics heavy, but DC Comics has been running a storyline for many years where like there was this alternate timeline in this multiverse type situation in the new 52. And it was revealed in a four episode arc of flash and Batman that Dr. Manhattan was the cause of it, which opened up what was going to be this 12 part one year storyline called doomsday clock, a 12 part serial. Well, instead of it taking a year, it took two years because they didn't plan ahead. They didn't want to fuck it up because they knew how crazy everyone was about it. So it took two years to get 12 issues of this story out and it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. It just was exactly what I was fearful Watchmen the TV show was. And the Watchmen TV show was what I was hoping the comic was going to be. Um, so having that like negative experience, and that ended the same week as Watchmen the TV show, ironically enough. Um, the last episode, the last issue came out like four days after the finale. 
So, like, that juxtaposition was like, man, I'm glad. It made me appreciate Watchmen even more than reading this comic book that I took me two years to get a conclusion to that I was like, that's it. Like, <laughs> it was it was jarring. Um, I don't want a second season. I also don't want it to be, if we do get a second season, I would want it to be Lindelof at least trying and swinging because I'm fearful that it would turn into something that's not on my list. That's an honorable mention that should have been an honorable mention. That's True Detective. Yeah. Because if you do True Detective season one, that should be in my top three or four. True Detective season two, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> and I've not watched True Detective season three. I love Mahershala Ali. I will eventually get around to it. You haven't? But oh, Detective man. Season... <sighs> True Detective. Again, I'm, I'm bogged down with stuff I haven't watched. True Detective almost got on my list on the strength of one and three. But two was just so fucking... It weighed it down. Weighed it down. Honorable mention. And I absolutely love season three. Couldn't justify yeah, I, it's, it. But so I would let me just... mind if... Depending on who would be the next person to take the helm, I'm fine with Lindelof not doing a season two. It would be very interesting to me to see it in someone else's hands. And, and like, you know, like a person with like a different perspective and stuff like that. Like Lindelof and, and there's a lot of great interviews with Lindelof talking about how he like structured the writer's room and, and you know, the whole creative team and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I'd be into it. We what's what, what do you got next? Well, real quick, just the one last thing I was going to say on that. The one thing I am, am, am interested in because in the Watchmen mythology, they pretty much covered everybody except Night Owl. And who gives a fuck about Night Owl? Um, <laughs> and also, the, the Rorschach thing was very controversial. But they did an amazing job of building these these new characters that you could very easily take and do the next season of or a new offshoot of. And I don't think Watchmen fans would care at all because that's how well they created, you know, Looking Glass and Sister Knight and Lady True. Like, you could very easily do more with them specifically. So sure. that's that's also why I'd be okay with having it. Well, uh, my maybe, number seven. Man, no spoilers. Say again. Go ahead. Nothing. Go ahead. I didn't hear it. Uh, things that are not going to be on my list because I have not watched The Boys. Uh, I've not finished Ozark. Handmaid's Tale uh, are the three main ones. I don't think any of those are going to be on your list. I'm sorry if they were. Nope. Um, but uh, things that I feel like I need to catch up with, just like True Detective season three. My number seven is Master of None. Nice. Uh, speaking of something that I don't think we're going to get a season three for, for multitude of reasons, but I think it's fine being the two seasons that it was. Um, this wasn't one of the two comedy shows I was referring to earlier, because I think it ultimately did not being a comedy at the end of the second season. Um, just a really good character study. Uh, the Thanksgiving episode with Lena uh, Waithe is one of the best episodes of TV ever. Um, and that, Deserves recognition here uh, in and of itself. Um, just beautiful, be- beautifully done. So short, sweet, and simple to the point on that one. What's your seven? My number seven is Game of Thrones. Um, the show I 100% didn't think I was ever going to get into. Uh, and like a lot of people, um, I very much did. And uh, they infamously fucking biffed the landing on that one uh because it turns out mm-hmm. their showrunners were frauds but when it was <laughs> when it was like at the peak of its powers it was a fucking juggernaut like story-wise performance-wise uh conversation-wise um yeah and i still intend now that it's over i still intend to like actually start the the books um Mm -hmm. but yeah you know until Watchmen came along it it was thought that that was probably gonna be the last water cooler show maybe ever um but apparently like the 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 ratings for Watchmen were also incredibly strong but yeah like the the cottage industries that game of thrones like fucking spawned off uh itself was impressive but yeah man like i love seeing like all the 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 cast i love seeing cast members in that show from other shows that I liked in it so I can like attach to them and now all the other ones I'm able to attach to and other stuff Um, it was one of the most like visually impressive shows on television for its entire run Um, Mm -hmm. 
And, and yeah, it was just something that, you know, you just looked forward to every week the, the way you wouldn't other things. Um, yeah, it, 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 it fucking shaped a lot of the culture at its peak. Um, it did. It, and, as much as we talked about it with Walking Dead, the Game, Game of Thrones was the show. Like, and, that was the pop culture thing. And something I think that people truly don't talk about enough for that show is the performances. There's been, there like, some not so great, but when it was, man, there were some motherfuckers that could throw some heat on that show. Like, Charles Dance on that show was, a, was incredible. Uh, fucking Jake man. It was fucking great. Um, I can go on mm-hmm. and on, but yeah, like just just fucking top quality fucking television. I was interested to see where it was going to land for you at, at, when it was all said and done. After again, I've never watched a second of it, but after the much maligned final season, I, I, I'm sure that hurt it a little bit in your eyes. Yeah, the last two seasons um, were rough. Also, another thing is it also man like that and Breaking Bad are the first shows that actually made me like noticed television directors yeah mm-hmm. 100 percent. and now i now i look at now i seek it out yeah like now i'm starting to recognize names i'm like oh yeah shit here we go yeah i, I love that about that type of tv um what's your six my number six is american crime story oj that is my number five yep. and i'm not limiting it to american crime story oj i'm saying both oh, i'm just saying american yeah, crime story that works yeah, because yeah. Because I fucking love the Versace season. Still haven't watched um, I think it's, uh, it's, it is on Netflix now. And I think Darren Chris's performance may be a top three of the decade performance. Like, you could put that right up there with anything we will talk about for TV. Like, it is captivating. Um, but, yeah, it, man, what a decade OJ had. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And he came Who back on not? Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I think one of my favorite things, again, back to talking about performances, because, you know, it was still a fucking Ryan Murphy show, and I'll, you know, that t- it took mm-hmm. a lot for me to get over that. Uh, yeah. But, and just his style, uh, but I've never seen anything like a movie or a show be able to blend such different styles of performance ranging all the way from like actually great to camp John Travolta full on camp (laughs) and and make it work completely yeah uh and that's in that same Darren Chris conversation you have to put Courtney B. Vance from the first season mm -hmm. there and then the show that launched Sterling K. Brown into mm-hmm. the stratosphere. This is us is on my honorable mentions. No, I can't put it in my top ten, obviously. But yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Like that show was able to subvert every single type of television viewer and hook them in. People are like anticipating the finale, like, what's gonna happen? It's like, <laughs> what's gonna happen? What? <laughs> like you know what happens. <laughs> I yeah, and 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 just as like every bit of like seriousness that Made in America had, like this was you were just able to like, I want to see the chase. I need the mm-hmm. chase. Yeah. I need yep. the glove scene. I need these things like reenacted and like turned up to eleven. I need mm-hmm. fucking Marsha's haircut. I need Marsha's haircut. I need uh, fucking uh, Schwimmer yelling juice. You know, I need juice. Fucking, I need it all, man. Oh, God. So good. It was. I, uh, again, I will stand for the second season as well. Please, please, please go watch it. Also, quick aside. Have you heard about the fanatic at all? What's that? It is a movie that I think was somehow released in theaters, but is mostly now just on DVD. It is directed by Fred Durst. It stars John Travolta as a, I don't know if he has, is this that haircut movie he has? Yes. Okay. (laughs) He has a haircut and like Asperger's and he's like obsessed with an actor 
who, let's not forget, is played by Devin fucking Sawa. <laughs> and it's basically like the fan with De Niro and Wesley Snipes, but it's about acting. And it is supposed to be, it's like Travolta's like sixth straight zero on Rotten Tomatoes movie. And as soon as I found out it was it was directed by Fred Durst, it's in my Amazon cart right now. <laughs> so don't tell my wife. <laughs> but that's going to happen. But I had to bring it up once you mentioned Camp and Travolta. Because that's obviously who you're mentioning with American Crime Story is him and Schwimmer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh, that that my eyes will see that before the year is out. I guarantee it. Um, all right. So that's your six. That was my five. My six is Better Call Saul. Nice. Um. I think it gets forgotten a lot because it is, it's not the companion piece that El Camino is. It is definitively established itself as its own entity. Yeah. It can be a little slow and long in the tooth at times, but just shows it's meticulous and it's purposeful in making sure that it doesn't soil what is on a pedestal for everybody. Odenkirk, one of the all-time characters ever. McKeon, one of the most underrated performances of the decade as his brother. Rhea Seahorn, same Mm -hmm. thing as Kim. Somehow never getting any recognition. Then you get Gus Fring. Then you get Gus back. You get um, Jonathan Banks finding a, a totally other gear for that character at times. It has been so awesome to watch. And I still think it's going to go really cool places because it has created this cool narrative at the beginning of every season about what is currently "quote unquote" happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm forever going to seek out anything related to that universe because I trust the creators and the and the brain trust so much. So Absolutely. that's my number six. Uh, the re- uh, reason why it's kind of like a uh, it falls short for me is nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. Like when I'm watching it, I'm in it. And I'm invested. And yes, it is as meticulous mm-hmm. as the doc review that they fucking do in the show. But what happens for me is when I'm when I finish it in between seasons, I I don't find myself thinking about it. You know what I mean? Sure. This and is fair. I didn't remember, I didn't remember it ex- its existence until like it's been off for over a year. Yeah. And it's coming back. I say like in March or April, and I was like, oh yeah, Better Call Saul. Like like I I, I just. You think this was over? I keep forgetting if I'm caught up or not, which is like, yeah, not great, but it's great. Mm-hmm. So it's just in that it's in a weird zone for me. It is. I I definitely understand what it is, and I I will get like four or five episodes behind, but once I start, I like you knock it out because you remember the pedigree that's behind it all. Um. So my five was American Crime Story. So we'll jump to your five. My five is a show that is currently filming its fourth season in my motherfucking neighborhood. And it will also be the second appearance of one motherfucking Gene Smart. I'm talking about Fargo. Man, I need to get on that shit. (laughs) Isn't the fourth season like Chris Rock and like somebody else crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Who's who's the person I'm thinking of? Uh, Jason Schwartzman. That's who it is. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Oh, who's the other one? (laughs) Uh, no, 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 no. I'm agreeing with you. He's like, yeah, that is someone else. That oh, is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're filming like in Rogers Park, and there's like all like these old timey wow. cars parked all over the place. It's, it's wild. Um, that's- yeah, that show for that's like an all time. It gets announced, and your reaction is, why? Why are they doing mm-hmm. this? Uh, mm-hmm. And then it turns out Noah Hawley has a fucking. Colin Hanks up his sleeve and you're like what Colin <laughs> Hanks oh alright yeah I'm into this uh, yeah every season just fucking season two is is landmark television uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion like season one's great season two is excellent season three it takes a step back for a because there's just well, there's like one weird plot but like literally everything else about it is 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 fucking nails. Um, yeah. For a show that just shouldn't even be, it thrives. So good. I'm so mad at myself. One of the big omissions in terms of not watching it. I didn't even have it on my list to catch up on. So 
and I love Coen Brothers, and I know it's just like being in that mood in a serialized form is very interesting and u- unique to me. So I need to need to get in on it. Uh, what's your Clemens motherfucker? God damn it! So good. Clemens, Clemens, Clemens is great. Clemens fucks. Uh, <laughs> my number four uh, is a show that I literally get giddy about when I remember there's a new episode on Sunday. It is again a very, another very recent entrant. It is Succession. I knew it was going to be. It is. Arguably the funniest fucking show on this list of mine. <laughs> uh, Interesting. It's it's a hilarious show, and it transcend like it's very easy to, to to poke fun at as far as like all the surface things of just like uh, who wants to watch watch rich people just get at each other. Oh, there's the the the, the biting quips and stuff like that. The characters on this show are just fucking rich, and and just again, it's 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 very well written as far as as the different twists and turns and fucking Brian Cox just literally not just chewing the scenery, but his other fucking actors. It's a delight to watch, and then like all the people you're discovering as well. Um, and and and, and fuck, who knew Kieran Culkin was going to be like the motherfucker? Uh, I Kieran Culkin's always been great. He's I, always been great. I didn't know. Uh, Cousin Greg is a goddamn all-time favorite. Um, and yeah, like it's somehow like it should feel icky. It should feel icky as fuck. Like especially considering the day and age we goddamn live in. But it somehow doesn't. If if you watch this show for one reason, it's one scene towards the end of the second season where uh, a certain character raps. And it's so amazingly perfect and cringeworthy, but also... <laughs> ac- oh, God. Like, I, I need you to watch this so we can just talk about that scene alone. It was on my list of things I have not watched for the decade, but I knew it was going to come up on your list, so I didn't say it, so you could just gush. Because I didn't want to <laughs> jump the gun on it. Because I know, I know you and how you've been with it recently. So it's it's on my list. I'll get there. I'll get there. It's also just another um, Twitter show. Oh, just yeah. Just ah, oh, it's good. Good all around. You go. Number four. Uh, probably too high, but again, in terms of event television and my personal interest and how it, it nails it, my number four is Stranger Things. Um, for the first season and the third season, again, second season, nowhere near as bad as like True Detective season two, but I think a definitive step back in it. Yeah. It is, it is the, it is, I don't mean warm, but it is. It is comfort food for you if you like 80s culture and sci-fi and everything that the show just brings to you for escapism. Um, It is a rare case of mostly good child acting. Um, I say mostly because there's moments. And and it it is a zeitgeisty type thing that you can have your own piece of like everybody loves something different about that show. Mm -hmm. Um, and it tells a really, really easy story to follow. That's not important, but you ultimately just can't wait for more of it because it brings you nostalgia. It brings you the, the, uh, just the, the memories of how this used to be. Um, so I, I look forward to it every time it rolls around. I know it's, it's near its end and that's fine because I don't see where else it can really go, but another, you know, kind of more emotional pick in terms of quality for me. So Stranger Things is my four. I get that. Um, 
on on that note, I wrote it down initially and didn't. I took it off at one point because I wanted to get at least like my honorable mentions, rounding out everything to twenty. Um, yeah, I man, my guard is just. I, I've enjoyed everything I've watched and agree with you as far as the mm-hmm. ebbs and flows of the season. My man, my guard's up on that show, man, because I feel like when it gets when it turns, it's going to turn like a rotten fucking apple. Um, really? Yeah. I get that. I, and But again, I love I, I love it, if not just for the fact that like it's introduced us to, you know, a, a new generation of actors that we'll probably be seeing for the next fucking 20, 40 years, you know, barring childhood actor things don't happen to them. Uh, oh, full part, I think, will be in all of your franchises for the rest of time. Yeah, uh, don't get me started. Sorry. I didn't mean it to be specific. I just meant he's already been in a lot of them. Uh, and, man, I'm, I'm here to ride the fucking David Harbour train until it pulls into the station. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, went and saw Star Wars uh, again the other day, and the Scarlet or the Black Widow trailer came up, which I hadn't seen yeah. yet. And I was so fucking ho hum about it until he showed up. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harbors. Uh, I feel the same way with um, Maya Hawk from season three. That's somebody who mm. should be a fucking superstar. Yes. And she absolutely destroys it and crushes it. Same thing with Gaten Mazzaro throughout all three seasons. He's mm-hmm. just one of the most charismatic and fun people I've ever seen in anything. Isn't he just like producing so, Netflix reality shows or some shit like that? I think so. He's like 14 and he's <laughs> <laughs> he's producing shit. Sure, yeah, man. What the fuck ever. Yeah. Uh, what's your three? Just do your thing. My three is Barry. That is my number one. Really? Okay. Yes. So, uh, and that's totally fair. Um, well, I'll let you talk more about it then because it's your one, but it's. It's as close. I think my top three are as close to perfect television in the modern era as you can get. Yeah. My two being Watchmen, and we'll get to my one. And I, I I bet that my one is in your top three as well. But uh, go ahead with with your Barry thoughts. (sighs) There's not a single show anywhere here in this last decade that like has me on the edge of my seat like a bear like an episode of Barry will the yes. And and creatively, a lot of overlap with another show that shares our top three, uh, directorially. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And and the cast, and I just and it, it, the show's just a whole fucking flex. It's like, oh, are we gonna get it's, it's, uh, it's Sarah Goldberg an Emmy nominee this year? Yeah, here's this crushes fucking one take monologue. <laughs> um, are we gonna get Fonzie <laughs> a fucking Emmy rambling. again? Let's do it. Like it's it's off. It's it's jumping out of the goddamn gym. It is. It's so fucking good to see Bill Hader like Mm -hmm. elevate through his potential. Is what he's done. It was touch and go. It's like, oh man, why is Bill Hader doing fucking phone commercials? Yeah. (laughs) Like we were worried about Bill Hader. And like. Again, to reiterate, not doing phone commercials as Bill Hader. He was doing phone commercials as guy with bad phone. Gets good phone. That was his story Mm -hmm. arc. (laughs) And now he's like him and Alec Berg, who fucking show ran Silicon Valley, which just missed my list. Um, Mm. uh, Like, just... It's television... I think like the older I get, the more I just want what I watch. Like there is the nice comfort food and medicine and warm blankets and cookies and all that shit. But just as much as you need that, you need shit to fuck you up. And yep. Barry fucks you up. And then you we'll never have know you pissing what's your pants in the next fucking scene. The balls it has the fucking a karate mutant girl episode? Like, is that how I could describe that episode? You were king of shitballs <laughs> mountain. Like, it just fucking pulled it, Anthony Kerr, Corgan, fucking whatever. No ho Hank 
from ex- obscurity to being yeah. a, a legend. We didn't even talk about Steven Root yet no. as well. Like, he's impeccable. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. It, like I said, my one, two, and three are really interchangeable because I think at the end of my life, one, two, and three are going to be in, like, top five mm-hmm. all-time TV discussion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barry is undoubtedly there. Um, another show that I want to wrap up soon, not because I don't want to have it exist. I just want it to be this perfect little thing that I could put on the shelf and be like, hey, kids, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I think and just I, I think I remember the first thing I said after the the first episode of Barry was that was incredible, but that's a fucking thin ass needle to thread. And, and they threaded it incredible over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm almost positive I know what your three and two are, but I don't know the order of which. Uh, so my three was Barry. Uh, what is your three? Uh, my three is the good place. Yep, that's what I expected it to be. Yeah, it is. Uh, impeccable it is fucking crack smart like that's a show that is written and performed uh, as a phrase that you'll hear in improv training or whatnot to the top of its intelligence um Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's able to popularly bring the themes it does uh to a large audience um, is not just impressive, but a, a creative feat. And not only that, but it, it keeps uh, conquering these creative feats because it forces itself to change. Like Mike Shore talks about, like, like in any interviews, he's like, yeah, we, every four episodes, we force ourselves like to make it a different show. And it's, yeah, within like the realm of it, it's narrative, like, a paradigm shift. It's, it's fucking brilliant because it keep, not only does it just mm. keep it fresh, um, but it, it, it keeps forcing itself to be creative and it paints itself in, in corners and forces itself to get out of them. And it's, it's, it's also so fucking funny. Like you can look at any frame from an episode of the good place and see 12 jokes in the background. It's, and 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 obviously the heart. I love that. Again, sof- it's a, it's a, it's. Yeah. A, sorry, go ahead. I was say it's like sophisticated Zucker brothers. Is like the Zucker brothers are great about doing that, but the Zucker brothers were very lowbrow, blue of their time. So if you could do that now in a modern era and do it tastefully and cleverly, like that's that's one of the most impressive things to me yeah. in comedy. And just like the levels of heart it has, the performances it has, it's so impeccably cast. And man, it just like Mike Shore is a fucking TV fan. He grew up watching fucking TV. And there's there's a scene towards the end of the first season, spoilers, um, where Ted Danson, not revealing who he actually is uh, to uh, Kristen Bell's character, um, but he has a conversation with her and he's behind a bar. And it's just... As simple as putting Ted Danson behind a bar and not drawing attention to it. Mm-hmm. That, like, if you fucking get it, you're in tears. And if not, Yay. the substance of the scene is is clutched to everything else about the show. Um, yeah. it's and, it, and it's ending soon. Again, just another show where it's just like, yeah, we're telling a story and we're getting the fuck out. Um, yeah. I'm like, good, good on you. Yeah, I love that most of the stuff we're finding at the top of our list is all going to be like that. Like, like there's an end game for all this and it's not a lost or a, to a lesser extent, walking to scenario where it's like, mm-hmm. let's just keep making money. No, let's, let's have some fucking artistry to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what's here. And between good place and Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, he has other pitches. But this is his best pitch. Jason Manzukis is just such a chaotic good in both of them. 
Holy hell. He's amazing. I looked to see it wouldn't have been in my top 10, but uh, if had it not started like in November of 2009, the league would have been on my honorable mention mm, list yeah. because that was just such a, a fucking, uh, a breath of fresh air in terms of whatever you have going on in your regular TV watching. And he, that Rafi is one of the most hilarious characters I've ever seen in my entire life. And he can, that's one of the things where like, he can do that for the next 20, 30 years and it would not get old to me. Yeah. He, we're and, 10 right now and it has not gotten old. It's, I'm still in. A, I'm still absolutely in. Third, every time he is a guest judge on Nailed It, I lose my goddamn mind. Because he's just yelling and pointing out things that <laughs> are just so crazy that it's fucking perfect. And and fucking he's so. been doing How Did This Get Made for like the better part of the decade as well. And yeah, he's he's God, I want him to have all the success and happiness in the fucking world. He I feel like Ooh. he's like self aware enough too to where like he's just He's going to have that moment where he can actually, like, on a larger stage, like, do some of the other shit that, like, I know he can do and not just be yeah. hilarious yelly man. Yeah. He, he's the kind of person that I feel like is always one second away from getting, like, a surprise Oscar nomination and one second away from being, like, nominated for, like, six straight Razzies because he gets tired to do, like the next dumb Melissa McCarthy supporting role yep. spot where he's just yelling and being obnoxious. And he's, he's great in it, but the movie is ultimately a pile of garbage. I think so I say be that because mosquito. I saw him do that at Dirty Graham. I think he's going to be a mosquito in Dr. Doolittle. Um, no, no, no. I actually, I just saw the trailer for this. No, that's Camille Nanjiani. Uh, yeah, he's some kind of bug. He's a bug. Camille's the option. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the option. See it as the polar bear. It's going to be bonkers. <laughs> Here's God fucking Downey Jr. could have done literally fucking anything. And he did that. You know, you know why he's doing it, right? I don't know. His wife's the EP on it. He did it as a favor. Oh, his wife's the executive right. producer. He's just like, let's just like, you know, let's, Hey, it's been 10 years since Evan almighty. Let's make another big fucking bomb. Um, why not? One last thing on Manzukis. Here's here's Manzukis's Emmy. Some sort of I don't know. This isn't in the spirit of the show, but if you could somehow work in Manzukis as a military foil to Barry in Barry. Yeah, I'm for it. Like some PTSD style guy who mm-hmm. comes back with a grudge. Basically, like the twins from Breaking Bad. But a crazy military Jason Manzukis. Yeah, uh, I'm in. <laughs> and he meets him because his agent Barry's agent tells him like, "Oh, you should take some improv classes for your for your resume." And he meets him in an improv <laughs> class. He meets him at, at fucking uh, yeah. Roundlings. Oh, yep. All right, we still. Have uh, our... I'm not going to say the joke. I'm about to think. <laughs> uh, we have my two. We have your two. Your one. I'm just guessing it's the same show. Uh, no, it's my two. Atlanta. And yes, yes, your two, my one, yes. Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, I I mentioned him before with uh, Barry. I'll, I'll, well, I didn't mention him. Waiting for this, fucking hero, hero, hero mm-hmm. Mirai. Good God. Mm-hmm. Just that's, that's the epitome of of television directing for me now. Um, what we were referencing earlier from you know these shows like mm-hmm. Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, making you recognize people. And he's somebody who now I will actively seek out stuff because of how much I trust where he's gotten me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it, oh, God, as passionate as you are about Barry, and I'm passionate about Barry as well, being my number three, Atlanta just hits every right emotion and movement it doesn't act, have to do much. Don't act like it was huh? easy for me to put Barry over Atlanta. <laughs> like, right. no, everything no, no, no. you're and, about to there's say. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. It accomplishes so many different fucking things that it's crazy to me that a show can one week tell a commercial-free story, uh, allegory, about, like, 
family and fame under the guise of their main actor not being on the show that week, but being on the show because he's behind Whiteface. And then the next week, have their show end with an epiphany that Drake is Mexican. <laughs> really just says everything you need to know about this television show. And it not be, and it be just, just sublime, but also necessary. It is a necessary show. Um, it has given us not only like one of the most talented people of the decade all around, but three people who should be in everything and are starting to be in everything in Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Sanfield, and Zazie Beetz. Three, like, I think, up. of the nation's top thespians right now. Like, yeah. Uh, like, Brian Tyree Henry's like on fucking Broadway and shit when he's not doing this. And, yeah. and uh, Lakeith Stanfield, like, can. He's in every a, movie. Carry a weird <laughs> ass movie like uh Sorry to Bother You. Um Yeah, and Dr. Doolittle, he's the boat. Like he's in everything. <laughs> uh it, I, I was talking about like having pitches earlier. This show has fucking pitches you ain't seen yet. Like it's a fastball knuckle ball. You can one have, just one. I can't remember if they were like aired like back to back, but the fact that you can go from the woods to mm-hmm. Bibby is yeah, they weren't, but it, but oh, it feels God, I forgot like about Bibby. Fucking, I will never oh. forget about Bibby. Bibby is is Bibby's <sighs> Bibby should be what Noho Hank is the Barry. He should be to Atlanta. Yeah. But, like, he's not, because he's a fucking and one-off he, character. But he's, goddamn, he's one of my favorite fucking characters in the decade, man. Yeah, everyone likes Any Zaxby's. other show? Everybody loves me. Any other show, Bibby's the best episode of that show's run. Yeah. For Atlanta, Bibby is top ten. And there's only been, like, 18 episodes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's definitely higher than that. But that's just the the quality and the level of work. Forget the fucking first scene in this show was, like, was fucking Paperboy shooting a guy in a parking lot. <laughs> like, it just, it had the stakes right out of the gate. Teddy Perkins makes you forget about the BAN episode as well, which mm-hmm. I love Teddy Perkins, but BAN, I think, is the best episode of television of Mullet. the decade. Mullet. Um, from beginning to end. Mullet. What? The price is on the can. Yes. <laughs> the price on the can. I have watched Coconut Crunchos. Maybe a hundred times. That is the idea that I'm so sad I didn't write or come up with or tell somebody to do. But that fucking cereal commercial is the most perfect piece of entertainment I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and that was that was immediately after the 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 boy who thinks he's a 35 year old mm-hmm. white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just seemed. It's just. It's it's playing a different game than everyone else is playing. Truly. Well, and something that hasn't come up at all yet, um, and it's really, like, only in the past, like, 15, 20 years of television that, like, we've started to see it. But I think the show has really mastered its i hate even fucking saying this but it's autourism uh but yes but truly you know and you know and 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 it's so hard i love how donald glover has actually like played the media whenever like promoting and talking about this show um mm-hmm. because it's not really a show you could talk about beforehand you know no it's not something you'd be like, oh, well, you know, you're going to have like great fun characters and this and that. It's like, no, you're going to be fucking foot race and Michael Vick in a parking lot and get hit by an invisible sports car. <laughs> I forgot about the Michael Vick chase. He, Fuck. He, he like straight up said like the oh. one thing I feel like he was actually like honest about in the lead up to before the show was aired was like this is going to be more of like a vibe of like a black Twin Peaks, which is like, yeah, fuck. Why hasn't it? Yeah. That Jesus Christ. What? Yes. 
And if that means that in like fucking 25, 30 years, we have Donald Glover giving weather reports on the internet, then like, fuck it. At least we got Atlanta. God, just talk. Uh, just so many things are coming back to me now. Fucking uh, the start of season two that like Mrs. Winter's like fucking like robbery. Yeah. Was like so fucking well, that incredibly. Was, like, the- overall theme of season two as well it was robin season robin season. uh them getting the uh, going to migos for fucking drugs in season <laughs> one fucking cat williams is alligator man alligator man percy watson fucking percy watson get his moment tracy beating the fuck out of urn <laughs> <laughs> like there's just so many uh what the fuck clark county like, it's got everything. Like, this show could take 10 years to come back, and it, and I will be putting aside whatever I have going on. Well, to don't go worry, because apparently they are uh, filming seasons three and four, like, at the same time. Together. So, yeah. I know. And it, it, and it could take as long as it took them to make all three Lord of the Rings movies, because they could put CGI fucking dragons in. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Cool. All right. So very good top 10 list. Any, um, the only other two honorable mentions I didn't mention at this, uh, throughout any point in this was, um, extreme recency bias, but the Mandalorian can fucking slap. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately listened to a few podcasts that like, I, and I hate that I'm influenced by it, but mm-hmm. they, they poke a lot of holes in a lot of things. And it's like, yeah, ah, you're fucking, I don't want you to be right, but you're fucking right about these things. And it's still an incredible fucking show. Um, and it still doesn't change the way I feel about it when I'm watching it. Um, but it's definitely got some like character things to work on. Um, sure. Go ahead. My, um, uh- my other one was going to be Baskets, which I've talked about on the show on many occasions. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't towards the bottom of your list. The last couple episodes really hurt it for me. I did not like the way they wrapped it up. Um, I appreciate the way they wrapped it up. I, I didn't like the ending of it. Um, I think it got a little muddled. It, it had too many of its first season problems. The first season was a little too kooky and a little too like a little too Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. The second and third season when it focused on the relationships and got a little bit more serious and they really let Louis Anderson shine. And it still is not shocking me that that's easy for me to say at this point uh, <laughs> still. But um, I, I was a devoted fan of it. It just didn't, it was definitely a, a personal preference. I wouldn't put it in terms of quality over any of these other shows and I think the end of it hurt my overall stance on it. So, you had a twenty a twenty show list. Yeah. So let me. What what have you not? Met? I'll rattle these off. Uh, yeah, Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starting with that, fuck it. Um, the movie made so much money. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, the Young Pope. It's an actually crazy show. Uh, if you just it's a fever watch, dream. It's a fever dream. You want just want to watch Diane Keaton shooting hoops? That's your fucking show. Mister uh, mm-hmm. Robot, Black Mirror. Uh, review mm-hmm. review will never get enough love that show is oh yeah very fucking good um mm-hmm. insecure and key and peel oh yeah key and peel forgot yeah. what key and peel was, key and peel was the fucking Chappelle show of this decade except it went yeah. on longer and had a better budget and probably <laughs> helped uh, jordan peel shape shape himself into a excellent director and that'll do it for this episode of the Blank Slate Part 2 of the Blank Slate's Best of the Decade series with uh, Rich and Mollet. Um, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we are an irregularly scheduled podcast, as it were. So uh, if you're not already, please subscribe. Leave us a rating and review how you're feeling uh, about, you know, just the sandbox that we play in here at the Blank Slate. Um, yeah, and you can uh, hit us up, uh, Mullet, on Twitter, at your host Mullet, and uh, myself on Twitter, and Instagram, at Rich Cami. Um, let us know how you're feeling. Hit us up. Uh, if you have any hot takes, any cold takes, uh, whatever you feel about uh, what we done did. And uh, yeah, 
Um, you can also head on over to arcadeaudio.net uh, to check out this podcast and every other podcast on the network. As this episode drops today, it also marks the uh, triumphant returns of uh, one season three of Queer Movie Night. And uh, Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is also returning to the feed after a brief hiatus with the new shows from the IO Theater. Um, so yeah, check those out as well. Go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio to uh, donate and support monetarily um, either this podcast or any of the other podcasts uh, on the network. And also uh, got some new merch up on arcadeaudio.net slash merch as well. Some interesting stuff there. Um, yeah, and then individual plugs. The mullets are still going strong. Uh, you could vote for the uh, the Married with Movies, uh, the Mullets Awards. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, kind of just rifling through that. And then you can also uh, catch me uh, here in Chicago live uh, either on Wednesdays at uh, the IO Theater for Let's Sleeping Dogs live recordings uh, or uh, this Saturday at the LOL, the Laugh Out Loud Theater here in Chicago um, at 11 o'clock at night uh, for Booze Your Own Adventure uh, this Saturday, the 18th. Um, aside from all that uh pyro and ballyhoo as it were um yeah thank you very much for listening uh tune in next week for uh, the conclusion of this three-part series we'll mullet and i will be going over the top 10 movies of the decade and that's that thank you very much for listening you can go ahead and delete this now catch us later thank you for playing arcade audio play more at arcadeaudio.net